Maybe Sam Brief can uh, t- can dial us into the best place in Vegas to get a cheap vodka Red Bull. He joins us now to talk uh, NBA trades. Good morning, Sam. How you doing? No, you know I drink better than that, guys. Come on now. <laughs> well, good morning. I am uh, overjoyed to talk with you both. Yeah, well, we know beer isn't just for breakfast. So so what is your go-to poison, Sam? <laughs> um, it, it definitely depends on the vibe, but... 90% of the time, it's going to be red wine. Okay. Good red wine, man. We'll have to get you down here. I'm a here classy and, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's obvious, actually. It comes across. You ooze class through the phone. We'll have to get you down here and try a few of those <laughs> uh, those, those, those hecky reds. <laughs> hey, Sam, let's talk some NBA because uh, the trade uh, window is just about to, to slam shut. Um, I guess the big question is, who's won the trade window if you could win such a thing? Well, it's funny because I'm talking to you in Chicago because, mm. and the question here in Chicago is just how badly have the Bulls lost the trade window? Um, Zach Levine was supposed to be one of the major stories in the trade deadline of, oh, where is he going to go? There were rumors that he might head to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers, rumors that he might head to Miami to play for the Heat. And then now he's having season-ending surgery and the Bulls have no chance of trading him. So I'm coming to you really from the land of the losers. Um, But in terms of winning the deadline, um, I do love some of the moves I've seen, especially uh, what New York has done. I mean, the Knicks in landing Ananobi from Toronto have turned a good, cute team that was somewhat competitive in the playoffs last year into a legit contender in the East. Uh, this is a team that was already looking up under Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, but that mm. trade with Toronto and landing a third star to that team at Madison Square Garden has done wonders. So I would say New York is a big winner. To me, the answer is easy, and I'm going back to your Chicago Bulls. you got to move DeMar mm. DeRozan, an upcoming free agent, move Alex Caruso, who have significant value on the trade market, Nikola Vucevic, move him as well. Mm-hmm. That creates a start-again mentality. Is it a case of just sacrificing this season and going and starting rebuilding again? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I think you got to tear it all down because the Bulls are in what we call NBA purgatory, right? They're not good enough to contend, and they're not bad enough to be a lottery team. I mean, if the season ended right now, they would be in the play-in tournament. Um, because they've got some nice young pieces. Mm. I mean, heck, they beat Minnesota last night, one of the best teams in the NBA. Kobe White is a rock-solid player, and of course so is Caruso. They've still got DeRozan and Vucevic. So they do have to unload. I think you got to tear it down, build up some draft picks. Look what Oklahoma City has done. Teams like that that get a treasure trove of young players, that is what we need in Chicago. What about uh, Stephen Adams? Because we always have to talk about Stephen mm. Adams when we talk basketball. Mm, uh, of course. A big surprise for me that he's gone to the Rockets, but even more of a surprise what the Rockets gave up to get a bloke the wrong side of 30 who's out for the season with injury. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. They gave up Victor Oladipo two second-round picks in next year's draft and a second-round pick in 2025. I mean, those second-round picks... It's a cheaper currency than a first-round selection, of course, but we've still seen NBA stars come out of the second round. Um, So that was a pretty bold move uh, for the Rockets to give that up. Uh, That being said, 
we have seen time and time again the NBA philosophy of pairing nice young stars. And we know the Rockets are one of those teams. They've got nice young stars. They're not very good. You pair those nice young stars with the grizzled veterans, with guys who have been there, done that, played in NBA finals, gone through postseasons. They are bruisers. They are enforcers. They are clubhouse leaders. That's what Steven Adams is. They gave up a bit too much to get him, but I still think it's nice to have him in that locker room down in Houston. Yeah, it'll be good to see him back out on the court. Obviously, a long time since he's been out there. But what about the 76ers? Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, a Joel Embiid 76ers team is a totally different outfit. Well, they're targeting two players, Buddy Heald and Detroit Pistons forward Bojan Bogdanovich. Are they going to get them? And can that be enough to kind of fill that void of missing Embiid? Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough, the position they're in, because, of mm. course, you, you don't know exactly how long Embiid's going to be out. He, of course, is so important. Would have been the MVP if he was going to play the requisite number of games. So you, you kind of do have to make mm. a move. Now, the last word uh, out of some of the insiders in the NBA, like Brian Windhorst, are that the Sixers are going to make between one and up to three trades uh, coming up uh, before Thursday's trade deadline. So tomorrow here uh, in the U.S. Um, the Pistons haven't said that they're willing to move Bogdanovich. They should be willing to move Bogdanovich because – the Pistons are one of the worst teams in NBA history, so they should do anything they can to make moves. I would expect Bogdanovich to be back in a Sixers uniform by the end of the week. Um, Buddy Heald also would give them some uh, cap flexibility. He's in the final year of his contract, so you only have to finish paying him through this year. There's no long-term commitment. You just want to make sure you stay in the upper echelon of the East for the next month to two months when one of the best players in the NBA is out. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Great point. Uh, is it? Would it be remiss of me to suggest that possibly the best thing the Sixers have done in this trade window is get rid of James Harden? <laughs> yeah, and it's the best thing they've done for themselves. And now suddenly the LA Clippers. I mean, that looked like a disaster mm. at first because once Harden landed in LA, they couldn't win a game. Now they can't lose a game. I mean, they are twenty-six and five in their last thirty-one games. They are first place in the West. So that has turned out to be the ultimate win-win where the Clippers, it's the rich getting richer, and suddenly they look like a legit championship contender. And for the Sixers, yeah, you got all the, you know, Daryl Morey and James Harden drama crap out of the way, and you can focus on the team you have, which is built around Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and, of course, a championship contender in the East. What about... The Milwaukee Bucks, mate, because they did some they 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 made some good moves early, or what looked like good moves, getting Damian Lillard in, uh, and and uh, that looked like well, that's a, a maybe the missing piece that they needed. Uh, they've since fired the coach. They put Doc Rivers in charge. He's now one and four from his first five games. Mm. It's it's not going to plan, I I, I suppose, is the understatement. Um, what is it that they are missing, and can you see them doing anything else? Yeah, you allude to that Doc Rivers stat, one and four since mm. he took over. And they've got the hardest schedule in the NBA coming up. They're still going to, uh, right after the All-Star break, play the Wolves, the Nuggets, the Heat. Those could all be losses for a Bucks team that doesn't look so hot. 
Now, the rumors out here, and you know, I'm not too far from Milwaukee, about an hour south here in Chicago. Rumors are that the Bucks are really interested in Andrew Wiggins, which feels like such a missing piece. Ooh. Of course, you've got Lillard to key the offense at the point guard. You've got Giannis, this generational talent, borderline seven-footer down low. Uh, but they're interested in Andrew Wiggins. It would be a really complicated deal. Uh, the Warriors apparently are quite fond of Bobby Portis, who could be that player coming in return. But what Wiggins would provide them is just an offensive spark because that's what they need right now. This is a team that it just hasn't quite gotten the motor humming, right? They need a spark. And I do think a player like Wiggins, if the Warriors are interested, uh, would be a nice piece. The Lakers, I'll, I'll be honest with me not talking about the Lakers. I'm a supporter of the Lakers for a very long time. Um, where are they at in the season? The trades have been relatively quiet. There was talk with Jonte uh, Murray heading there from the Hawks. Is that still happening? What, what are they going to do? And Have they got a healthy squad to maybe punch on into this NBA? Are you talking about the Hawks or the Lakers? Uh, the Lakers. Lakers. They haven't done Lakers, anything yeah. really in the trade yeah. Uh, yeah, window. No, they haven't. They haven't. Mm. And now they're dealing with all the drama of LeBron and you know his tweeting the hourglass emoji. And that's just so classic NBA that that – is a is a front page story but no i mean they're sitting ninth in the western conference they're barely mm. in the play-in tournament right now it definitely seems like they need to do something they've got to start shaking up that roster a little bit now of course the backdrop is the whole lebron james situation and we, we got to mm. wonder what role if any does lebron james play in them restructuring things but i do think Dejounte murray out of Atlanta would be a really nice player to come over to the Lakers. I mean, he, he's a young, quick player. He can shoot the ball. He can defend. This is much like um, what we alluded to with the Bucks. They need a spark. Like, they just need this little energizer boost. It's a veteran team that can get kind of down in the doldrums, down in the drama. Uh, I could see DeJounte Murray coming from Atlanta, taking that long flight to L.A. and teaming up with LeBron. Mm. Where are you on on LeBron and the Lakers? Because I, I look at it and think LeBron is only serving uh, serving you know his own self interest. He's not really bothered about the Lakers. He's not Magic Johnson. You know, he's not a a, a, a one franchise man, as it were. I mean, at what point if 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 you're the the Lakers uh, management, are you going? We need to you know just get this guy out of here. He's too much of a distraction. He's too demanding. And uh, he's sucking up a hell of a lot of salary cap that we could be using in other places to, to build something for the future. To be honest, I don't think you ever do because you're then remembered in, in NBA history as a team that gave up on LeBron James. And I mean, yes, it's a distraction, but he's not doing anything malicious. You know, he's not um, he might be tweeting hourglass emojis and making comments that are generating headlines, but it's not like he's committing crimes and, you know, really disrespecting people. Also, the dude's averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, <laughs> seven assists, and shooting 52% from the floor. This is as a 39-year-old in his 22nd NBA season. So, yeah, he costs a lot of money. Yeah, he's dramatic. But he's still playing like one of the best players in the NBA right now at age 39. Not to mention, 
putting butts in the seats every night and doing wonders on the business side because you have LeBron James, who until further notice is the face of the NBA. So no, the Lakers are not going to give up on him. No way. It might be drama, but LeBron will always be leaving and going places on his own terms. Has Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors given up on Clay Thompson? I don't think so. I think it's a similar <laughs> type of respect. Mm. Like he's, he, he's Clay Thompson, mm. you know, it's, yep. I, I mean, th- yeah, he got benched, um, but he, th- they're not going to give up on him. You know, they're just yep. trying to shake things up. I think sometimes as a leader, a guy like Steve Kerr, who clearly is a good leader. I mean, this is a multi time mm. champion and coach of the year. You just got to sometimes shake it up. You got to get different vibe, different juju humming. Right. And, and it's not working out right now. So, not giving up on Clay Thompson, just a temporary mm. like, hey, let's try something new. And, and Clay even said, like, hey, it's really hard. I, I, I'm not going to lie and say that I like being benched, but uh, you know, he's being a, a team player amidst this pivot. Where are the struggles with with the Golden State at the moment? Like, where do you think they they they're struggling? Like, Steph and he probably hasn't had the season he would have liked. Um, Draymond Green with the you know, indiscretions off the court and the struggles they've had outside of the basketball court. Uh, where, where has it gone wrong for the Warriors? Where it's going long is they're just not a deep team. You know, they just, mm. they don't have enough talent that is from like the fourth position on their roster down to the 12th. Um, this is something that's plagued them in the past uh, when we've seen some some, you know, chinks in the armor for the Warriors, mm. it's been because they lack depth. But they've made up for it because they've had Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Raymond Green, all playing like the generational players they, they have been. Now, this year, you've had Clay Thompson playing poorly. You've had Draymond Green missing half the season because he can't control himself. And you've had Steph Curry playing well, but he's not the Steph Curry of five years ago. So, it's that the lack of depth on the team hasn't been made up for by the star power on the team. And those two things need to be rectified uh, if, if they're going to move forward. All right, Sam, before we let you go, who else is going to do what do you think? I mean, what is going to be the headline tomorrow that we didn't see coming? Mm. Mm, that we didn't see coming. Well, obviously you saw it coming because you're the Oracle, mm. but we, me and Izzy didn't well, see yeah, coming. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm of course I'm the absolute oracle. You know, I think the, I think the Bulls are going to make a splash um, and and unload some of these players, um, mm. but they might get some nice young pieces in return. Maybe maybe a D'Angelo Russell type player, um, so someone you can continue to build around. I think they're going to make a splash by unloading. Um, so I'll I'll say that. Um, even though while a lot of people think this is a team that's just kind of leveling out, they might make an unloading splash. But I'll also give you another one to go back to the team that we started with. I will say that the Knicks, a team that has been painfully mediocre for my entire life um, Mm -hmm. and is desperate for a championship contender in the Garden, I'll say they take a big swing. They're going to take a big swing and try to move from one of the better teams in the East to in that upper echelon, a team we talk about 
right next to the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the true championship contenders. I'll say the New York Knicks take a big swing. All right. Well, look forward to seeing what that swing looks like. Sam, thanks very much for your time this morning, man. I really appreciate uh, uh, you coming on and always good to talk ball with you. Always a joy. Thank you for having me.